Welcome to Echo Sunday Service and thank you for being with us today. We are in our Enneagram series called You Who, all about balancing self and God's word. Today we are focusing on the gut triad and how to manage anger. If you are new to Echo, expect this to last about 35 minutes. We'll start with the Echo Band, Andy and Christy will speak, we'll take a moment of reflection and we'll wrap up hearing some closing thoughts. Lastly, let us know how we can pray for you. Comment on this video or email us your prayer requests. Let's do this together. Hey Echo, my name is Mark Becker and I'm gonna share with you Matthew chapter six, verses 25 through 34. Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds flying about. They neither plant nor harvest, nor do they gather food into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they are? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to his life? But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. What better time than now to lean on these words directly from Jesus as we're learning more about ourselves in the sermon series, Yoo-hoo! This passage reminds me to get out of my head to let go of the anxieties about the future, and to remember that worry only serves to pull us further from God. When we pray, we worry less. When we anchor our lives in faith, fellowship, and community, through Him, we find ultimate guidance. My prayer for you is that you set your thoughts aside and seek Him, finding comfort that He is always here with you. Just this simple. 
sometimes I fail So your mercy remains And should I stumble again Still I'm caught in your grace And everlasting Your light will shine When all else fades Never ending Your glory goes beyond all the most universal food in the world. We've been talking about Matthew chapter 4, and it's the story of Jesus in the wilderness, and after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was hungry. 
and at the weakest moment of Jesus's life, the tempter comes to give Jesus three tests. We've already talked about kingdoms and worship and jump and catch. And the third one is found in verse three. And it says, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. I believe this is the temptation where the tester, the tempter is looking at Jesus and, and trying to plant a seed of doubt into Jesus about his father's ability, God's willingness, contrasted with kind of the wrestling of our own human desire. And what does Jesus do? Jesus quotes Deuteronomy 8. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Oh, come on. Let's just be honest, man. Uh, if bread is sitting there and we haven't eaten for 40 days, man, I am crumbling underneath that test. Anybody love bread out there? I do. I want to take just a few moments and begin to show you a few hyperlinks. If you don't understand that terminology, just I want to connect a few dots between that Matthew 4 verse uh, in Scripture and the New Testament story of Jesus's temptation with the connection that Jesus is trying to make in Deuteronomy. So just bear with me. First, I want you to acknowledge and just listen to a few of these terms. 40 days, stone tablets and no bread. Deuteronomy 9 says, remember this and never forget how you aroused the anger of the Lord your God in where? In the wilderness. From the day you left Egypt until you arrived here, you've been rebellious against the Lord. At Mount Horeb, you aroused the Lord's wrath so that he became ang so angry, angry enough to destroy you. I mean, this is an intense moment. It's kind of crazy, actually. And in verse 9, it says, When I went up to the mountain to receive the tablets of stone, you hear that, of stone, the tablets of the covenant of the Lord that God had made for you, I stayed on the mountain for how many days? 40 days and 40 nights. And when I was there, I ate no bread. Did you hear that reference? No bread. And I drank no water. And the Lord gave me two stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. Why? Because God is able to do that. He's capable of inscribing whatever he wants on whatever stone he wants to. And on them were all the commandments the Lord proclaimed to you on the mountain, out of the fire, on the day of the assembly. And I, I share this reference in Deuteronomy and I connect it to Matthew because I want you to understand this, that Jesus isn't just quoting another verse, but he's making a statement, a statement to the tempter. And he's saying this, I am the new Moses. I am the new deliverer. I am the new king. I am the new priest. 
I mean, Jesus is impassioned with purpose on earth. And I guess this is what I'm trying to tell you. Jesus is the challenger. Jesus is the refiner. And Jesus is the mediator. Jesus willingly looked death in the eyes. And he defeated the grave. Jesus walked into the fire. He willingly walked into the fire. And Jesus did all this for you. He did this all for me. He did this all for this broken world that we live in. Let's just take a moment and let that sink in. In fact, let's take a moment and just pray. Jesus, today we pause and we understand that God, you are not just in the business of giving us these quotes in scripture, but that you want to make a statement in our life. And so Jesus, we welcome you in our hearts, our minds, and our guts today. Our souls have all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. The message that I want to present to you today is this. It's not your job to turn stones into bread. And let me just confess I am in the gut triad, and I directly relate to the eight, nine, and one. And that that message directly conflicts against the fabric of my being. I don't like to admit it, but I kind of beat to this drum that if it's going to be, it's up to me. Did you hear that? If it's going to be, it's up to me. And I can start believing that it's my orders and my authority and my commands, man, that will keep my little world turning. It's easy for me to believe that it's up to me to keep the peace, to make sure that everyone around me gets the equal amount of bread. And it's also, I can fall into the trap. I can start believing and leaning into the temptation that it's up to me to be a perfect representation of what's written on those stones. But I've lived long enough and I've followed Jesus long enough to know that these ideals are like pushing a rock up a hill. And it may work for a time and it may be working right now, but if you keep believing those, you will eventually tire You need to hear this today. It's not up to you to turn stone into bread. Let's take a few minutes and learn about the gut triad. Hey Hope, what do you think it would look like to see different Enneagram types as a news anchor? Could be cool, could be stupid. We need to stop bickering, we need to stop fighting, and we gotta come together. That is great enthusiasm. We'll be back after a short break. Well, it's just my two cents. In these unprecedented times, people are really taking one of two very opposing sides. Yeah, well, I think both sides have pretty good points. I mean, if you think about this side, they've got good points. If you think about this side, they've got good points. It's really six of one, half a dozen of another, you know? What are you gonna do? 
And I think we can all agree that farmer is in for a very rude awakening. <laughs> in local news, oh man, that punchline really landed. I did botch the intro and the middle part. Well, really, the whole thing. Hmm. We are still did I put deodorant in today? Oh, oh no, I did not. Let's talk about the gut triad, representing the numbers eight, nine, and one. In the gut triad, your core sin is anger. Eights, externalize anger. Nines, forget about it. And ones, internalize it. Let's talk a little more about the number eight. Eights are known to be challengers. You are confident, leaders. You are decisive, assertive, productive. You can be a little bossy and very powerful. Eights rise up against evil. Eights seek justice and identify with hurts. You stick up for the underdog and injustice. When you are healthy, you fight the right battles. When you are unhealthy, you fight the wrong battles. When you are healthy, you are protectors. When you are unhealthy, you can be dictators. Eights breathe commitment. You have the most energy out of any of the numbers. God has given you a fire in your soul. Eights can have a tough exterior, but you have the most tender and loving heart. A thing to remember, the kingdom of God is bigger and more important than the role that you have. If you are in a relationship with an eight, sometimes you feel like you have to wear a helmet on, helmet on around them. When you are in conversation with an eight, they appreciate it if you can be direct and give clarity to your words, get straight to the point, they can handle it. Eights want you to challenge them like they challenge you. They will admire you for it. Things to work on if you're an eight. Practice saying, I'm sorry. You are not weak or lacking control when you apologize. Another thing for eights is to look at the word and read the words that describe having the fruit of the spirit. It'll help take the edge off of you sometimes. So cling to those attributes. They are love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's talk about our nines. You are kind, selfless, advice-giving. You are unassertive, agreeable, and extremely welcoming. You have a great perspective of all the other numbers represented in the Enneagram. You make great spiritual counselors. And let's be honest, you're one heck of a good mediator. A thing you can find that is a struggle is making decisions and being decisive. Nines, you are not weak. You are uninterested in war, but can passively, aggressively go to war without even realizing it. A good reminder, if you're in a relationship with the nine, is make sure you're asking them open-ended questions where they can participate in the conversation. Check in with them and ask what they think about something. Don't take advantage of their yes mentality. It can be really easy for a nine to walk away from a conversation or get off the phone and say to themselves, what did I just agree to? Make sure you're not taking advantage of that. Nines, remember that mediation is healthy. Don't let bitterness win or live inside you. There's a phrase that we all say is elephants never forget. Nines, you can be an elephant where you may not go for the conflict, but you never forget what has happened in the past. So get in touch with your anger. The lie is that all anger is bad and evil. Allow your compass 
to be the direction of good and bad. Put Jesus at the center of your compass. Press into conflict. The beauty of nines is that you see multiple sides, so press into that and let people hear your perspective. Don't let this paralyze you from sharing. Nines can struggle with priorities. If you're not careful, your whole life will go by without you getting to the things that you wanna do. So right now, ask yourself this, what is that one dream you wanna get after? Let someone from an outside perspective or a good friend or a companion in on that dream and let us help you achieve it. Nines, learn from your mistakes. Move forward with them. Don't spend time beating yourself up about your failures or beating yourself up about not learning from them. Simply ask the question, how do I need to get out of my own way to allow God to bless me in my life? Let's talk about ones. Ones, you are ambitious, practical, you're independent, realistic, you are perfectionists and reformers, and very principled. Ones do not like breaking the rules. Ones evaluate joy based upon excellence. You are amazing students. Let's be honest, you kill it in school. Please teach me your ways. A thing to be aware about or aware of is be careful to follow your passions, not just your abilities. Measure things with asking, am I enjoying this? Check in with yourself. Once you see the world as it should be. You see the potential in others. Seeing the possibility of better. In return, you help us be better. You teach us and you show us what commitment looks like. Things you may struggle with. The constant world of criticism. That inner voice in your head going through all the details and how you can fix things. Once you might find yourself constantly rearranging furniture. Why? Because you are always trying to find a way for it to look better. You're always looking for solutions. Once you are super clean, you're regimented, and you're organized. You love putting things together. Take your responsibilities and allow yourself to delegate it to others. They may not do it as best as you, but you can give them an opportunity and you can allow people to learn and grow because guess what? We can all help each other. How can we love a one? Let's pay attention to their wants and their needs and their favorites. Show up for them the way that they show up for you. Pay attention to those details. And let's show ones how to have some fun. It may take some persuading or coaxing to get them to go have fun. But just as important fun is, it's important to rest. Make sure the ones in your life are finding time to rest. And let's be cautious and aware of our core sin with anger. Ones a lot of times may struggle with the resentment side, so don't allow it to simmer. Help them process their feelings out loud. Connect with their gut, connect with their heart and their thoughts. Where do we go from here? I wanna look at the context of what Jesus quoted in Deuteronomy 8 verse two. It says this, remember. And man, echo, let us remember. Let's remember this moment. Let's remember these moments when we navigate through the wilderness, when we are navigating through the struggle and how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years. Now again, we haven't been in the desert for 40 years, but 
when we're in that wilderness, what God wants to do is to begin to humble and test you in order to know what is in your heart and whether or not you would keep his commands. In verse three, it says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. Again, direct temptation is to turn stone into bread. It's not our job, it's God's. And God shows up for us in these very moments. Let's continue on. It says, which neither of you nor your an- or your ancestors had ever known. We never knew anything about manna. They didn't know anything about it. It was a brand new sustenance. It was crazy. But why was this given to them? To teach that a man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And I believe in this wilderness time, I, I feel like I need to remind us that your anger and our resentment and our disappointment will not be the answer to navigate through this time. Man, and, and just like all of you, I'm angry and I'm resentful and I can be mad. And my direct response is to hit back when I'm hit and to hit back harder. And and as in Enneagram 9, I... Man, I have this tendency to, to kind of like downplay leadership and just to back off quicker versus responding in a healthy way. And as a one, man, I don't know if I have what it takes to fix it again. Man, and I just don't know. But I believe that there's a hunger within us. And it's not in our stomach, but it's in our gut. And I believe it's there for a purpose. And if we're going to learn anything in this season, specifically what's going on uh, in our state during this wilderness season, that we are to learn the art of anger. That it's time for us to learn the art of anger, to redirect some of that passion. Ephesians 4.25 says, Therefore, each of you, you must put off falsehoods and speaking truthfully to your neighbor. But we are all members of one body. And in your anger, do not sin. I mean, God's not telling you not to be angry, but when we are angry, we are not to sin. And don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. I mean, come on, man, the smallest little flame given to our enemy, given to the tempter, can turn our life into a forest fire. The second thing I believe that we need to learn in this wilderness moment, that it's it's for us to receive a humble heart. I believe what God wants to do here is, man, he wants to create a meekness. Some of you are like, what, is meekness? what does meekness mean? We never really use that word. I agree. I don't use it either. I believe meekness is a strong confidence. It's a strong and humble person who trusts more on God than our self. Matthew 11 says, my yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle 
Another version says, I am meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Come on. And it's time for us to begin to learn how to be humble. And verse 30 says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the third thing is this, is let us be people that learn the voice of our shepherd. Today is the day that we need to surrender ourselves. We need to give our own dominion over our gut and our own body and our over our own even our instincts and our desire and say, Lord, have your way in our heart and our mind and our instinct. Matthew eleven twenty eight says this, come to me. I mean, when we approach God, that's an act of surrender. All of you who are weary and burdened, you know what God promises? God will give you rest. Now, Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, he overcame his desires to turn stone into bread in the wilderness. You know what's kind of crazy is Jesus started his ministry with bread. I mean, he started his ministry in the wilderness and you know where he ends it in the very same place he gathers his disciples and he teaches them that as you gather together remember me and when you do remember me that i am the bread of life my body is broken for you. See, Jesus started his ministry here and he ended it in the same place. And my question to you today is this, is have you tasted and have you seen that God is good? And I just want to tell you, I have. And I want to invite you You might be sitting in your home. You might be sitting there on your phone. uh, You might be on an iPad. You might be at a friend's house. And maybe you're you're new to this. Maybe you just happen to start watching uh, this televangelist on TV, right? Uh, uh, But I just want to promise you this, is that God is asking you to step into a relationship with him. And if you do, you walk into satisfaction. Because God wants to answer your cry. Are you tired? Are you angry? Are you hungry? Because if you are, Jesus can heal. No amount of your effort to turn stone into bread will work. You cannot navigate and control your anger the way that God wants to. God wants to redirect your, pan, your, your, your plans and to just seed his purpose in your life. But that all starts with a heart that is surrendered, a heart that is humbled and an and, and, and honest heart that just says, I can't do this alone. So I want to invite you to pray a prayer that we pray every week. It's not the end all, but it's a start, a start that says, Jesus, I surrender. Would you pray with me? Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers. 
but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. And Jesus, as we navigate out into the world once again this week, God, I just ask that you would meet us where our anger begins to roar within. And in these very moments, I just ask that you would remind us that it's not up to us, but it's up to you, that you're the one that can turn these stones into a life-giving spiritual sustenance to the world around us. Make us the people of peace that you've called us to be in Jesus' name. Amen. I going through right now that Jesus has the power to bring down every stronghold shall fall and every chain shall break in the name of Jesus God said that no weapon formed against you shall prosper now go mightily come before me I'm a good good father and I have already won the battle and at the mention of my name the chains will fall strongholds will be broken. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. Lift your heavenly name.
thank you for who you are. Thank you for speaking to our heart, to our head, and to our soul. Thank you for caring about each one of us as we're on this journey to know you more. Speak to us and draw us closer. In Jesus' name, amen. Earlier in the message, Pastor Andy prayed a prayer of surrender. Now, if you prayed that prayer of surrender, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, would you text the word rescued to 97,000? Or would you email us at the link below? We want to connect with you and help guide you on the next steps of your faith journey. I heard a slogan this week that made me think of the Enneagram series. It was, let your you out. Let this series, and especially this message, remind us of that. One of the thoughts that stuck out to me while Andy was talking was the idea of, it's not up to us to turn stone to bread. It's not always up to us to learn how to solve all these things. It's not always about what we can do in our own power. Now, because of your generosity, Echo, is making, we are making a huge difference locally and around the world. Your continued faithfulness is blowing us away. Thank you so much. At Echo, you can give two ways. You can text the number below uh, or you can give on our website. If you're able and you have the means to give, would you please do so? If you don't have the means and you need some help, don't be afraid to ask. We've got a few next steps for you guys this week. Would you consider hosting a family at your house for Sunday service? Reach out to somebody you know and just invite them to come over. Let's start to feel a little more like we're going to church together again. Make sure you are listening to the Echo Church podcast. The episodes that are coming out will make your day. There are some with different couples in them. There's one that the staff did this week. They are hilarious. Make sure you're checking those out. A big shout out to all the eights, the nines, and the ones. We need you in our lives so bad. Life is better because of you. You are awesome. I got one last thought for you. What kind of school do kids love going to in this summer? Sunday school. Bring on all the ice cream. Big shout out to Tribute Soda Fountain for your amazing ice cream. Now, be kind, stay safe, and have an amazing week. Bye, everybody.